Hey, what's going on? Welcome to this special episode of the Strategy and Conversions podcast. I'm Jamie Michael Joseph, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Tanner. Hello there. Hello, everyone. Mark, we're calling this a special episode, and the reason we're doing this is we're going to be looking at the kind of marketing, sales, and business predictions for yeah. 2022. That's right. I'm going to put you on the spot. So this is what we, we said in earlier podcast sessions, what we're going to do is we're going to change, the specials are going to be, and I think we're going to have to run these as sort of series of specials. And what they're going to be, we're going to be talking to people in particular industries and, and, and kind of interviewing them and getting some real, getting the, the, the nuggets that we can get from them um, to help us in our all our own businesses. And obviously we are, high on the list is marketing um, and and marketing and sales but sales will treat separately high on the list is marketing and marketing strategy and um, who better to start with than our own Jamie Michael Joseph to um, straight on the spot it's really really interesting I mean the the whole kind of marketing predictions I, I used to do this like going back I think probably about 2015 2016 I used to do. It. I used to create a blog on on the website. I used to put it out on social media as well, and and I did it for a good few years. and And I would say, like, not not to kind of big myself up or anything, but I reckon about eighty percent of it was like spot on. And then the other stuff, you know, I always chucked in a few kind of weird things that could happen, you know, and yeah. a few things that that were a bit kind of left field. Um, but I got I got to the kind of end the end of year sort of twenty nineteen. And I didn't do it for some reason. And I'm glad I did. I didn't do it because obviously we had yeah, the pandemic, the pandemic came and it just turned everything upside down. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I'm glad that, you know, I didn't, I didn't do that. So this, I haven't done one for about two years. So this is going to be quite interesting. Right. You sort okay. of te- test me and test the whole kind of market. And, you know, we, so, yeah. So the whole idea is we're going to talk about the things that we need to, you know, trends that are going on in the market really and things we need to look out for and the whole idea here is that people can even make notes of what's going on or watch it back over again but there'll be something that there'll be things that they can take away that will hopefully will really be helpful to them in 2022 i I just i just chuck a caveat in as well is just say look the stuff that we're going to run through they said like look not everything may be suitable for everyone you know, yeah. but there, there may be snippets that you take, maybe you adjust things to, to I think, be more for you. And I'm, I'm yeah. saying that because I'm not too sure what's going to come up. I know you kind of give me a bit of an <laughs> overview of what we're going to run through, but yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's the case with anything, isn't it? We, we, you have to you have to look at this and not think, oh, I've got to put all the, implement everything that we talk about. 100%. Because it's going to be dependent upon uh, the size of your business, where you are at the moment on the journey. Um, in some cases, it may be budget um it's it's uh, and the amount of products maybe you have or services that you offer it's got to be tailored to your business but the whole idea is here we're talking generically um mm. so that people can then think oh, that will work for me or whatever. exactly so i think a lot of the stuff that whatever questions you put to me my answers are going to be more on the strategic side yeah of, of what we need to do rather than kind of saying like if you said to me you know, um, which platform to use. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah I, do this on Facebook. We're, we're not going to be doing that stuff. We're going to look at overall stuff that you can control, yeah. stuff that you can do to obviously move forward throughout this and, year. And I would I would urge everybody who's watching or watching this recording or whether they're watching it now, that don't think that things don't... If you think that 
think sorry i'll restructure that think of how you can apply these strategies these strategies to your business even if you think it's beyond you because there will be something you can do the whole part the whole point about marketing strategy is that it's it, it, it is suitable for any kind of business to a certain extent you take elements of it but don't just dismiss something that oh well that doesn't apply to me at the moment because I'm just a startup or I'm just doing this or I've been oh I know what I'm doing I've been you know I've been around for for x number of years everything changes every year and as as we have seen so as we've seen yeah. and as we do and, and you you know my, my saying as well Mark is that momentum creates motivation yeah and motivation compounds momentum yeah like you have to start taking action you have to start doing things uh, yeah it, it may even just be a real small part of something yeah. I'm, I'm about to say that you yeah. know I can start doing that right now yeah. and then that start filling you with the motivation to do more of it or it may open up different you know Absolutely. different channels and stuff like that yeah so, yeah uh, let, let's get into okay, it okay let's but get I put, it. I've, I've been dodging it for way too long yeah you have <laughs> so here we go then so with the first area I want the thing I want to concentrate is on is what three areas do you think are a must for marketing strategy in 2022? Yeah, sure. So I think marketing strategy and I think business as a whole. Yeah, think, uh, yeah, of course, I've, because I've, they're related, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've, I think what, what I, the reason I'm, I'm saying the business as a whole as well is we're, we're talking about speed. So I think one of the things that we really need to focus on for 2022 within marketing and within business is speed. And what I'm not talking about there is, is rushing things through. I'm talking about speed in regards to the, the delivery of the process to a customer. Yeah. So not, not so much like delivery as in like Amazon delivering to you, your door, but that's like, that's an element of it because people have, their buying habits have moved to that kind of area where they expect things instantly. They expect things to be done. So that happened, that now is, is coming to the, the stage before the actual purchase. So if someone is inquiring, if someone wants some more information and stuff like that, they're not waiting three days for you to get back to them. You know, if yeah. they want to find out, you know, more information about something, if they want to book something, if they want to go ahead with something, they want to go ahead right there. You know, if they go onto a website and they say, look, I'm really interested in attending this workshop. I want to buy it now. I want to secure my ticket. And you say on there, oh, do you know, you, you need to book a time to speak with us. You know, or if you leave your details here, someone will get back to you in a couple of days to discuss it. You've lost that cell. You know, that, that's just how we are in, in 2022 now. We need that we need to speed things up. Yeah. And part of that can be done with with automation. You know, it's all about that that customer process. But I think speed is, is probably the thing that I would would say is is that first box to tick. Yeah. Is your your process. And it, it comes back to all the stuff we talk about as well, is is about having that process in place. If you don't have the process in place. You can't look at how you can speed that up or change it or, you know, do whatever you need to do. But I think speed of delivery in regards to how quickly you can make things happen. And part of that as well is the solution that you provide, I feel. So if you're working with someone, you know, if you can say, yeah, okay, look, we, we work together and it's a year, you know, or, you know, we work together and, you know, at some point you'll have this outcome. I don't think it's going to be as appealing as, as you know, a personal trainer that says, if you work with me for three months, you're going to lose X amount of weight you know or you're going to be able to run this this distance within two months i think once mm -hmm. we can speed up that process and we can put those kind of time frames in it we're going to win so i think that the more that you can do that within your marketing and your business the more you're going to stand out from the competition okay and that brings into number two then which part of it is linked 
where we're talking about online, like you have to be online. It sounds really weird to say, right? In 2022, your business has to be online. It's something I've been preaching for several years now. It's something that I've been helping businesses with for, for several years is that get your business online. But what we're looking at here now is not just having a presence, but is is having your kind of real estate online that works within that process. So that first part of that, how can you get the person, the, the prospect interested? How can you have those mini conversions in place that they start to become a customer? And can you even deliver online? You know, for instance, we, we might see a lot of people who are, say, advisors. Um, say, saying that, look, m- most people, let, let's just scrap that. I mean, unless you're working in kind of like a physical job, most industries have had to adapt to do Zoom over the past year that will continue moving forward. I know there's, there's all kind of uncertainty right now. We're recording this, you know, a little bit before Christmas where who knows what's going to happen in the UK, if there's going to be another lockdown or all this kind of stuff. It's, like, it's out of our control. We can't do anything about that. Yeah. But what we can do is make sure that we have our business set up in a way where we can stay active and we can take on business and all this kind of stuff. So we need the whole kind of online element to it to yeah. be able to fulfill. It's not just a case of the last year. Yeah, okay, we started doing Zoom because... That's all we could do. But now that now we're back in person or whatever, we don't need Zoom. It's like there's going to be elements to both of it. There are going to be people now that their their kind of buying habits, their way of doing business has changed, that they expect this. And I actually I actually feel like the big companies are going to lose out because I feel like if you take the kind of like say insurance brokers and stuff like that, they just speak to people on the phone, the call center. People are going to say, Can we jump on Zoom? Can we, can I see you? Can I have that chat with you? So I think that there is is a must. I think that we have to we have to adapt where we're we're speeding things up and we're being online. Yeah. Okay. And when you talk about real estate, do you mean um, things like websites and uh, and directory listings and that kind of stuff? I think I think as much space as we can take. I think like for the the likes of, of website and real estate is that the kind of mean there is just say for instance you were providing a workshop and you were providing a workshop in person. Your real estate now can be that you've got the that workshop as a, a course okay. online. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's that like you you really same real estate. Maybe it's maybe it's assets are a bit away way of putting that. You know, yeah, okay, yeah. Whatever, whether it's your website, whether it's your social media, whether it's a course or you know something you sell is all an asset, and it's yeah. having more assets online than offline is definitely the way to go moving into twenty twenty two. Okay, right. And the third area and the third <laughs> element of that. Yeah. So we're, if we're talking about must. Right, so like, what, what's what yeah. high importance of, you know, of, of being important in, in 2022 when it comes to marketing slash business? I think it's going to come back to brand, right? And, and more so personal brand over business brand, right? Although business brand is still important. Is that that whole kind of thing, like I said, people want to see people. They want to see a face behind the business. They want to deal with people. They want to work with people. For that reason, yeah. you have to have some sort of brand. There's that whole kind of thing of, of no like and trust, you know, that, that gets sort of, um, I was going to say hammered to death. I think that gets gets done a lot. You know, I think there's elements to it which are really true and, and they work for you. And, and I think there's elements to it which are more important. I think it's more important for people to trust you than like you. You know, I think it's, it's that kind of thing of, you know, someone can like you, you know, doesn't mean they do business with you. You know, someone trusts you to deliver, you know, an outcome for you. Who cares if they like you? You know, if you've got someone, 
if you've got say someone you really care about and they're they're dying you know they need an operation and the consultant's really arrogant and you know the surgeon's really arrogant you don't like them you know but they're the top of their field but you're still going to trust them to do the thing right you yeah know, so there's that part and then i think it gets into the next kind of area there where you show your authority and you do that by by adding value and adding intrigue and, and all this kind of stuff then to build that up so people will see that you are the go-to person you know and then they see how you can provide that solution to them and why you are the person and that happens within business and it happens within personal brand as well and the reason i'm talking about both of them and i'm not talking about them as being one is that that they are separate and they're separate for good reason one of them being is that with your personal brand you can pivot you can adapt you can go into different industries and you can still take that with you. You know, we, we take someone who's maybe say, you know, they're, they're a real good kind of leader in, in the dressing room in, in football, you know, for, for example, and they're quite, they're really good in interviews and stuff like that. But those skills are transferable that they can become a TV presenter afterwards, right? You know, so you see people, you always talk about niche and, and stuff like that. It, 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 it isn't always the case. If you have a strong personal brand, you can move around. But if you have a strong personal brand as well, you can control the narrative within your business. So if we take someone like Elon Musk, for example, with Tesla, well, it's, it's two separate brands, right? Yeah. You know, Tesla's his own brand on its own. Whether you like Elon Musk or not, you may respect Tesla, you know? And if you like Elon Musk, you automatically like Tesla, you know, it's that kind of way. Um, yeah, but, but, yeah. What, get that. but what we're seeing there is, is I'm talking about kind of Elon Musk being at the top we're bringing that right back down to the whole kind of micro area. Yeah. You can be a micro influencer within, within your own kind of area. We, we did a podcast episode uh, recently on local business marketing. We say look, you can dominate your city that you live in just by kind of showcasing more about what you're doing, your brand and, and and people knowing what what you can provide. So I would say that those are my three musts. And it doesn't really talk too much about kind of marketing as what most people would think of as being marketing. But we, we kind of talk about connecting the dots and marketing sales and business being that as kind of one and, and looking at that strategic part. So we're looking now at, at speed. We're looking at being online, delivery and process being online as well. And we're also yeah. talking about building brand, you know. And yeah, I, I know I kind of said it, get, it gets done to death, but that whole kind of know, like, and trust, like just focused on that to begin with, you know, and then get into showing your value and your authority, yeah, it's interesting because there's, there's something about the authority that I kept banging on about in my copywriting training okay. is, that, is that, you know, it's it's all about uh, building that, um, you build the, 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 the trust about how you can do it and then the authority of, uh, how, the trust of how you can do it and how you know what you're talking about and the authority than the fact you've done it before. And and how how it works. So I think it comes out really really well. I heard something um, the, the other month. I thought was was pretty cool, and it was talking about brand. And it said if all of a sudden Nike came out with a hotel chain, right, and they put their their logo on on a hotel, people would still go there. Yeah, but people would, would go there and they'd be like, yeah, it's Nike. Like, I'm going there. Nike but hotels. If you took Marriott and you put Marriott on a trainer. You know, people probably yeah. wouldn't do it, you know. Yeah. And it's like it's like having that brand that is transferable and people kind of relating to it, you know, it is is a bit different. And that's how people can relate to you as a person. Yeah. You know, they they can buy into you. So, like I said, even if you pivot, you know, you move into a different industry or doing a different way, which 
you know, if you had a strong personal brand before the pandemic and you switched into a different industry or a different way of doing things, people still yeah. came along with you because they trust you. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Um, right. Okay. Brilliant. Is there anything that let's, let's switch it around? Is there anything that you're seeing where you think, you know, I think this is a must for, for 2022. You mentioned like copywriting, you know, would you think, I think, yeah. I mean, to me, going back to what you were saying here is no like trust and authority get your personal brand to me that's a lot about um it's uh, and i'm we're talking about I'm, I'm talking about a particular tool here as opposed to the thing you're talking about brand i think a definite and, and video is that brand of the video is the tool i think that helps really establish your brand i'm saying that as you know my my expertise is as a copywriter but i understand that you know writing Writing is the basis for all sorts of stuff to happen, but really video is, is at the moment, is where you can really assert your brand because unless you're absolutely a, a really brilliant writer, your brand comes across far better on video than it will in through words, but words will back it up. But I think yeah, I think the brand, the personal brand, as you said, I think that is, that is, that is good. But I love to think about speed. I think that's definitely... Um, I think that's definitely the more slick you become at, at responding to somebody, uh, the 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 better the you know you if you if you respond, um, if you respond more quickly than do you have two people, one takes a day, one takes an hour, the decision is almost made because the person's got back to the hour, a conversation has started, and then the person who takes a day gets back to them. Oh, sorry, you've missed your chance. It's already gone. You know, speed it's is there. That, go, going back a good five years ago, I can remember working with a, a plumbing company, right? Um, and we're doing some stuff. This is where like Facebook was, was awesome. You could post on, on Facebook, right? And you could, you could like, set up a, a Facebook page, you could post on there and you could almost guarantee that you would get inquiries. Mm. Right. And, and we did, you know, get, getting loads and stuff. But the guy who, who was running the, the plumbing company, he was very much in that kind of old school mentality of like, I work nine to five. That's it kind of thing. Right. So you would get someone come through and they would message for us at eight o'clock at night and they would say, you know, we've got a problem with, with our toilet. You know, we, we need it replaced or something like that. Could, could you give us a quote or something like that? And he would wait like two, three days before he replied to them because he he's kind of in his old school mindset of, I'm a, I'm a plumber. You need me more than what I need you kind of thing. Oh, but, you know, yeah. I, I can do this. I can do that. Um, and I remember saying to him, it's just like, when you don't reply to them on that night, you need to understand that they've sent that message to three or four different plumbers. Yeah. And they're waiting yeah, for someone to come back and say, it's going to be X amount of money. I could do it tomorrow or I can do yeah. it in, in another day or, or whatever it is. They're wanting to basically, they, they don't necessarily want the job done right now, but they want to box it off and they want to say that's done. So it, that, that's the whole thing where we're talking about with speed and stuff like that as well as the time that we live in today. Because the quicker you can deliver something or the quicker the, the way how you can quickly speed up that box ticking service, you know, that, that system of, okay, look, this has been done now. This is the next step. Yeah. The more you can speed that up, I think is you're just going to stand out. Above. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Interesting. Um, right. Okay. So we'll move on to the, um, the second, second question. Um, what three areas do you see that haven't changed and will be the same in 2022? The first one we, we have to look at there is data, like the importance of data. I think data has been one of those areas that for the past, I mean, it's always been there, 
you know, pe people will always kind of analyze data and, you know, the, the whole kind of, if you think the whole kind of like accounting kind of industry, you know, it's all kind of like, you know, looking at the data, pre-started data. Whereas if we take the past three years, the way how we can access data, we can access it in real time. We, we can access what happened yesterday within our business through the data that we have. And we can make educated and I don't know what, what word I'm looking for now, but we, we can make decisions quickly that are going to benefit us. Informed, educated. Informed, yeah, exactly that. So it's, it's a case that we can make those informed decisions. Or, you know, And it's the same thing as like big retail do this quite a lot, right? Where it's just like, we, we can see from our data in real time that this line of whatever it is that we're selling is selling really fast. We need to yeah. get more of that stock to that location because we're going to sell more. Yeah. And it's like, if we take that and we strip that back to a local business or, you know, a sole trade or something like that, look, your data it gives you a lot of stuff to go with. If you can go, oh, do you know what? In, in the summer, we were really busy with this kind of job, but we can market that now beforehand coming up to next summer. You know, we can make that yeah. decision there. If we can go, okay, look, for every kind of pound we chuck into this ad on, on Facebook, we get five pound back. Well, why would we yeah. not just put more pounds into that advertising, right? And it's that, that all comes back to that data. And it's not just, I'm talking their data in regards to kind of like marketing on the front end, but we've also got the back end to that as well. You know, so even in our delivery, it's like, okay, look, we know that, these people who came into you know our program at this level you know they didn't quite get the results that we were expecting at this stage so now we need to change this to make sure that they get to it you know, so it's yeah. always looking at the data that, that we have and looking at where we can improve and you know looking at where we can capitalize as well we could take advantage of mm. so yeah. i think that that's me i think data is probably still one of the most underused tools very much. You know, I think a lot of people kind of would just move forward. They just go forward, you know, blindly. You know, we mentioned we, we did a podcast episode, right, on kind of like reflection of, of the past year within in marketing and, and stuff like that. And as as you mentioned, it's like people don't look back at stuff. You know, people don't don't look at that kind of way forward and going, okay, look, th this is the issue that we had last time. Mm. Let's make sure we avoid that this time. They yeah. just blindly go into it and do exactly the same thing again. Yeah. And it's interesting because this is the accountant side of me. Um, it's 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 not the be all and end all because there's other types of data as well. But understanding the numbers and what they tell you, that's this is a when I when I used to be an accountant, this is what I found, and it was a while back when accountants were still back in the days of just giving you a profit and loss every quarter or every month. The profit and loss is meaningless because it's just historic data. Um, what you really, what a business owner needs to know, what's happening now. So this is the whole. You you just have a set of numbers and the and you have data that yeah you have you you actually sort of have text data as well and what's what you know the kind of the, what's actually happening summary data. But when you understand a number, a number for example, this this product or service is not converting like it did. Why? And you're on it straight away. You're not you're not waiting a month later to think oh we've missed a month of we missed a month of knowledge if you like of information. Um, you see it the following day and you think that's dropped and it's straight away you, you, you so it's big say the conversion rate would be going on at 10% for example just using an example 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 and all of a sudden it drops to 9 or 9.5 it's only a glitch 
but it's something that automatically, if you're on top of your numbers and you see it's now not 10, but a 9.5, you think, right, okay, I need to find that out. It could be just a stupid little glitch, but the point is investigate it because it could also be a horrible cliff edge that the next day is down to six, for example. You don't know. Just looking at that number, you don't know, but the number is an indicator. It's like dashboards, isn't it, in, in your business? The number mm -hmm. is an indicator that, that of, of a potential issue. It's, it's, a, it's a hazard warning light, which you need to investigate. Maybe nothing, but it needs investigation. It, it, that, that indicator is, is great, isn't it? Like you see that a lot in the stock market. Like People have kind of things set up, so they know if it hits a certain level, they need to buy. If it hits a certain level, they need to sell. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and within our business, we get to look at things like that. But I think in regards to if we bring the focus to marketing on that, I think like like you said, the whole kind of numbers and that, yeah, of course, is important in any kind of business. And, and as you were talking, I'm just thinking there as well with, with the whole kind of marketing front is you get to look at your data and you get to plan for any kind of areas where you think oh, this could cause us a problem. External yeah. threats here could cause us a problem. If we take it post-pandemic, the amount of people who who came to me shortly afterwards and said, I've been relying on referrals yeah. from a, a, a network and stuff like that, you know, for my business. And now that that's stopped, I have no leads. I have no business. I have no, yeah. you know, clients coming in the door. I need to do something. And it's like, you know, when, when was the best time to, to plant a tree? A thousand years ago, right? Yeah, What's the next yeah. best time today? It's yeah. like, you know, we, we can't just make things magically happen, but we can start putting the, the stuff in place to, yeah. to make things happen. So when we start looking at our data and, I know you're really big on kind of measuring and stuff like that, but we get to look at things and go, this is where we have an issue. Yeah. We need to plug a hole here, or this is where something's going really well. We yeah. need to take advantage of this. Take advantage of it. Absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. And um, actually, that's only one, isn't it? God. That's only one area. <laughs> yeah. So what's the next one? Uh, the next one is retention. Ah, uh, yes. I think re retention is something that I think is, is never changed within business. I think it is always an area which is of high importance, but I think it's the area that gets the, the least attention. Yeah, very much. You know, I think so So many people will, but any kind of business, what, where's the next customer coming from? What yeah. are we doing here? All our time is, is spent doing this, all our time spent doing that. But are we actually looking at, okay, like how do we keep that person spending the money with us? And even how do we, send them how, how do we move them into the next stage yes and, and how how do we keep people and stuff like that i can remember hearing this a good a good few months ago i think it was um uh, you got a guy called nick james at expert empires uh, i think I, I remember him saying something that he said he heard years ago where he said if if every customer that has ever purchased from you they were still a customer today would you even need to market your business and it's like you wouldn't would you you wouldn't you know and it's like, don't get me wrong, there's some there that you wouldn't want anymore, right? But yeah. most of the time, the clients that you, you take on, you're just like, yeah, do you know what? If, if I can actually spend that time in, in making sure they're happy and understanding, and sometimes, you know, it, it can just be something as simple as you just haven't got in contact with them. Or something like yeah. that. And, that, and, that's, and that's what can, can cause the issue. You know, I can remember, yeah. I remember we did a podcast episode and, and I started speaking to to someone I knew they, they had a decent business they turned over a good few million and stuff like that and they turned around and said we've got a retention problem you know we've lost six clients over the past six months you know but we're not really giving it any attention because it doesn't hurt us from a numbers point of view 
it's like well, actually it does it does yeah <laughs> you know, you're spending all this money on on advertising and marketing and all this kind of stuff to bring customers in where you're only getting so much money from them when actually the lifetime of that value is worth 10 times 20 times more than what you're actually getting from them yeah. just because you know you're not taking advantage of the time and i remember saying to this guy so look some things are out of your control as well like it, it could be a case of the person who basically brought you in in the beginning maybe they've left maybe someone else has come in yeah, yeah. and they're looking at something that which is you know it's a pound cheaper it's a dollar cheaper somewhere you know and they're going well we're going to go with that yeah you don't know about the relationship that you have before and all the stuff that you've been doing yeah but just because you haven't checked in and done that kind of process with them you know they're ready to change it's it's interesting the first word i wrote when you start to talk about retention was re-engaging because mm. uh it's true we uh, people do not spend enough time engaging or or re-engaging so as you said it may be you've lost contact with them for whatever reason but that doesn't mean to say anything and a lot of people think oh i lost contact with them now does so what does that matter start again you know re-engage with them just say i just want to pick up the phone just wondered how you were doing oh i don't deal with that department now i've moved on so who should i be talking to now again you make you suddenly find out that the person that brought you in may not be the person that now deals with it and you can say oh by the way so and so i came in because i used to deal with you know uh, john smith for example and um, i just would like to to introduce myself to you and just get to know you a bit more because yeah, we had a good relationship with John and wonder how things were going. So you start that that new relationship because, as you said, things will change. You can't expect the customers to be exactly the same as, as you as you were when you dealt with them, even three months ago. They're going to be moving around all the time. So you have to be constantly, uh, I think you're right, absolutely on that, re-engaging or just engaging all the time. You know, there's yeah. elements to that as well where, I think sometimes what well, people lose a trick, miss, miss a trick with that, where they could speak to that person. Well, that person could have moved jobs and that department needs some help now. It could be that they move jobs and they're in a different company. That company needs some help now. Or it could just be in general that, you know, the company that you're supplying to, they actually need more. You know, you phoning at that time has actually helped them to see that. I mean, sometimes like, again, like you say, you can't control what the customer is thinking. Like sometimes a, a customer may be, happy with what they've got right now maybe the company's gone through a period of growth right and they've gone we need extra now we need to look at a provider that can provide extra and they're actually overlooking you because they think all you do is this yeah you know but by having those you know consistent chats and stuff like that we mentioned earlier about speed and process and you know those kind of things i mean even the kind of checking in with the customer i mean this can be done in a way where it's, it's on on automation and yeah. You know, there's certain triggers and stuff like that rather than you have to manually do things all the time yeah true can be automated yeah okay brilliant and then number three number three i think this this is the big one and i think this is is one that gets overlooked all the time and it's to own your audience so you have to own your audience there's so many people who you know, all their audiences is on Facebook in a, a Facebook group. All their audience is on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, or now, you know, um, TikTok or whatever it is and stuff like that. And look, all these platforms are tools. They're tools to help you, right? And they're tools that, to help you kind of get across to people, be social with them, build those relationships. But you want to extract the people who show intent, the people who are interested, you want to extract them into your own audience so that you can 
send them a message. You can send them an email. You know, you, they can see more about you and everything you do. And you get to control it rather than, you know, we've mentioned like that plumber, for example, that I mentioned on Facebook is going back five years ago, you had a page you could post out. Everyone's going to see it. Yeah. You're going to then, you know, get in touch. You fast forward to now, you get a Facebook page, you put a post out. How many yeah. people actually see it? Exactly. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that earlier, weren't we? So you, and this is really, we're talking about that you're having your own CRM or some kind of database. Yeah, I mean, something like that. I mean, look, even if it's a case of it's a group, right? So even if, like, just say, for instance, you're like, oh, I'm going to set up a group on, on Facebook and I'm going to showcase my skills and all this kind of stuff. It's like, great, look, set that up. But look to pull people into your own kind of infrastructure. So set up a group that is, I mean, it could be simple as, look, it's on WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. It could be as simple as, it's, you know, it's done in a different way where you have a, an online system where people actually get in there and, you know, like a forum or something like that, and they can actually, you know, chat amongst themselves. But you have something there which you actually have control of their data. You know, so for instance, like that, if, if you can get someone into a WhatsApp group, you have their telephone number. If you can send them a message anytime, obviously we're not talking about spamming people and stuff like that, but building those relationships and stuff like that is a lot easier when someone's opening the message or someone's seeing the message rather than you trying to put stuff out on social media all the time or the flip side, you know, like with, with that, for example, with groups and stuff like that on social media, well, what happens one day if Facebook decide that they're not doing groups anymore? Yeah. What happens if they decide you have to pay for a group? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that there, I mentioned earlier about I used to do different predictions and stuff like that, where I think 2017, I did one where I said Facebook would do some sort of paid model for pages, a bit like the old school kind of yell, you know, where the more you paid, the more you would be visible and stuff like that. And yeah. they didn't actually do that. But what they did do is focus on ads. You know, you want more people to see your stuff, you have to pay for ads. You know, a similar way. It's like similar way, yeah. It's, it's yeah. paid to play, you know. Exactly. But if you, and and this is this is a way as well. Is going back that sort of time, and and pre sort of 2017, there was a tactic that was in the marketing world where we would run ads to get likes to our page, because the more likes you had on your page, the more people seeing your thing. And there was this whole kind of thing of the more people who followed your page. For every person who followed your page, it was worth a pound or worth a dollar. Because people would see your stuff, they would buy your stuff. So you would run ads and stuff like that to get more people to like your page. So then Facebook would just turn around one day and saying, yeah, we're not going to show your content to those people who like your page, even though you paid for them to <laughs> come into your ecosystem. It's like, well, now actually, if I take my ecosystem that I control elsewhere and I pull people into that, I've always got control of it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think we've got... Um, you know, there's a guy in, in Australia, James Schranker, that, you know, has a bit of a mentor of mine. He's got this, this saying that says, own the race course. Own the race course. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I love that. And my, my kind of take on that is I say, look, I say, own, own the casino. Yeah. You know, don't play the games. And it's like, you know, you go onto some of these platforms, it's like, look, you're playing by their rules. You know, when you own the casino, you know, the house always wins. <laughs> Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Okay. We'll go on to the to the next uh, uh, next question then. Okay, so this is now um, this is now right. So, what three areas do you think we're going to see more of on 
uh, in marketing and strategy for 2022? Yeah, I think what we've seen, I think the, the whole kind of mixed content world, I think we'll we see a lot more of, and we're talking here, the sort of AR, sort of stuff like the augmented reality kind of stuff. Like if you, there's this whole thing now, isn't there, with, with Facebook being called meta and there's the, the metaverse and, and all this kind of stuff. And there are people buying digital assets, like plots of land in, in a, a magical world somewhere for like millions, right? This is the world we live in, right? People are spending millions buying plots of land in a virtual world and stuff like that. And I'll be honest, right? I'm not into that whole kind of game. I need to learn more about it because people are making some serious money. But the whole point there is that I think what we will see is we'll see a lot more kind of mixed reality. So like you mentioned video is I feel like what you will get is you will get videos like this. You'll get videos of kind of, you know, us talking, talking heads and stuff like that. You'll get videos of, you know, things going on outside or behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. But you'll also start to get videos of like cartoons and kind of avatar kind of systems, you know, and stuff like that, where you will start seeing this whole kind of mixed content where people pop up and it's like, you know, it's a cartoon figure of me. And I'm saying, come over here and join me, you know, put your, your headset on and you can see all the kind of, you know, stuff that we're doing. You know, will that be mainstream? I don't know, but I think we'll see a lot more of it moving forward. And I think that whole kind of mixed content, you know, whether it's, that, like I said, that kind of augmented reality, like the kind of headsets that you put on and, and go into that kind of world, you know, that's coming, you know, but that, that's been coming for many years. It's, it's only now that you're kind of seeing stuff at the forefront. Um, but you're seeing a lot of kind of digital assets as well. There's things like NFTs, which people are buying kind of, you know, pictures and, and all this kind of stuff, which is online. You know, so there's, there's nothing kind of physical. It's all the kind of online world. And I think because of that reason, you're going to see a lot more, kind of interactions, a lot more content, which is mixed. So you, you kind of have written, you kind of have video, you kind of have audio. And then I think you're going to see that kind of cartoon kind of digital content. For the, for the benefit of our viewers, NFT, what's that? Oh, mate, now we're getting into it, but um, I can't even think what it st stands for now. But the whole kind of NFT is like, if you imagine, if you imagine people who collect, say, playing cards, like um, yeah. cards, like just say, like when I was younger, I used to be into wrestling right? yeah. and I used to have a set of cards from wrestling. You used to have Hulk Hogan and the British Bulldog and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Now someone else who likes wrestling, like a collector or something like that, they, they may swap me cards. Okay. Right. Or they may buy that card off of me. Yeah. People are doing that now and it's called NFTs. And like I said, I'm not into that kind of space, but people are buying stuff like that, but it's, it's not physical. It's not a card. It's, it's a, it's a picture. It's like cryptocurrency but for assets, right? And what you'll see now is, for instance, that whole kind of NFT world is you imagine now someone buys shares in a company, right? Just say, just say someone's buying a football club, right? And it's just say it's like, it's 300 million, right? To buy this football club. And there's 10 shares. Yeah. Right, so it's 30 million. Someone buys in, it's worth 30 million. Yep. Someone owns that token. Right, so that now is is a token, right? Token, okay. That cap value for that club goes up to say six hundred million. Yeah, that token is now worth sixty million. Yeah. So if someone wants to buy it, they buy that token is sixty million, and it's it's a bit like a kind of blockchain world. Yeah. For assets, and we're going totally left field, and it's not my domain. 
Yeah, right? no, but the whole point is because all that is happening, like yeah. I said, people are making serious money yeah. in that area. You will start to see more stuff come up with content, which is more kind of cartoony and um, that kind of virtual reality. That's the word I was talking about, virtual reality. Yeah. You will see a lot more of that kind of stuff happening throughout wow. this year and, and for years to come. Wow. Okay. Gonna blow my mind, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Not sure if my mind can handle it. Um, and, and okay, yeah, look, mate, let, let's chug a little carry on there. We said at the beginning, look, not everything is going to be for everyone. Yeah. And we're not saying I'm not saying get involved in that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm no, not okay. saying move into that. What no, I'm saying no, is that's right. This is what, what we, we will see more of yeah. throughout this year within marketing. You're you're open up your phone, but like, what on earth is this? What's this picture of this gorilla with all these different kind of like yeah. colors over it? You know, this is yeah. this is what you'll see more of. Okay, and the second area. Second area, um, I mean, the, the way that we sum up and we've summed up in, in training before is fractional content. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Right, so fractional content is something you will see a lot more of. And what this is, is that people, people will start offering more content, which is chargeable, but it's a small section of, of what it is that they offer. So... And, and I think this is something, the reason I'm saying you're going to see a lot more of this is because of the effects from the pandemic. We, we, did a, we recorded a podcast earlier that goes out early January that we were kind of reflecting on the past year and things that happened. And we said one of those being buying habits. And we said some, some people now are, they, they have a few more considerations within their process now or when they buy something. Yeah. So they may look at, you know, do I want it? Do I, you know, can I afford this? Whatever it is. Some people may not make the jump. So yeah. just say, for instance, you have, you have a coaching program and your coaching program. So let's take you for example, Marco. You know, I know that you've, you've got plans to, to launch a, a mindset coaching program, you know, early in, early in 2022. Price is going to be about five grand, right? Now for someone to make that jump to buy it for five grand, they're going to be like, I don't, I don't know. And unless, you know, unless you've presented all this kind of stuff to me and I know what I'm getting from it and all this kind of stuff, and I know I can trust you and you're the authority, all this kind of stuff, they're not going to make that jump. Yeah. The fractional content is, is that, well, look, what we do is we take a part out of that and we go, okay, look, this is the measuring tool that we would use in the beginning to see where you are right now and which areas need to change. And do you know what? You can buy this right now for a fraction of yeah. the price so yeah, it's a fraction it. of the content it's a fraction of the price and you can come into that and it's like a tester kind of thing it's like dipping yeah, the yeah. in the water yeah. but it's not a free lead magnet no not you know because we, we've kind of moved on there's so much information out there right now mm. you can go to google you can go to youtube you can go to social media so many experts and all this kind of stuff but people just don't want information they want transformation yeah. And to get that transformation, they will invest in themselves. They will invest in, so, and this is the same for services, B2B and all this kind of stuff as well. All this happens is sometimes people don't want to make a big commitment, lock in for, for 12 months for a high price or whatever it is. They, sometimes they just want to take that kind of next little step. And that's all within that kind of process of lead generation and pulling people in. But you actually get paid up front, which is great. You give someone a win. So that kind of fractional content still gives someone a win. Mm. They've moved forward and now they're more open to buying your kind of stuff. Yeah. And that, that there is, is what I feel that, yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see the premium model. You're going to see the free model. 
but you're going to see this little kind of model in between that I'm calling it fractional content. I'm sure people may have, you know, oh, different yeah. kind of models for it, but that there is, and I think with that as well comes a bit of access, you know, so people get to kind of speak with you and, and stuff like that. They get to learn a bit more about you before they make that big commitment. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and area number three. Area number three are what we see more of. Um, you, you kind of mentioned it briefly with video. I think we're going to see a, a lot more video come about. And I think what we see a lot more of, I mentioned about personal brand. So I think we'll see a lot more people kind of showcasing themselves. And I would probably sum this up as documenting. And we kind of mentioned about kind of blogging um, before. I'm, I'm kind of a bit lost now. I don't know if we did in this in, in this session or when we recorded the, um, the the podcast, but we said about kind of marketing has this way of kind of repeating itself, but technology evolves it. So the, the likes of the blogger, going back however many years ago that they would blog on onto say um a, a website on, onto yeah. just a you know text it then moved into um video and stuff like that and moved into the flogger moved into social media now where we are with stories and reels and all this kind of stuff i think we see a lot more of this i think we see a lot more people who are documenting and it's not just so much for them to big themselves up i think that's the way the market will go so like i said people need to people need to see you as that authority and how do you do that? Well, look, you educate people, you showcase, you show them behind the scenes, you show them everything that you're working on. And I think that's what we see more of is that documenting slash more people becoming influencers on a micro level. Whether we're talking niche, whether we're talking um, area like geo area where they live, um, but you will see a lot more people become that kind of I don't want to say local celebrity, but local influencer. People yeah. will get to know people for, for whatever it is. And I'm saying like that kind of word there, influencer, I think some people will be put off by that where they might think is is some like Instagram a model selling, you know, a, you know, some sort of clothing range or something like that. That th this kind of thing here, this kind of influencer level can be exactly the same as a take a plumber, for example, a local plumber who's you know, taking videos of before and after or what they're doing. So they turn up at Mrs. Jones's house and they say, you know, this is, this is, um, this toilet's busted because of this bit here. So they're showing you, you know, they're doing that video, you know, I'm Mike, the plumber, you know, or Michelle, the plumber is 2022, right? I'm here with, at Mrs. Mrs. Jones house that, you know, she's got a problem with, with her, her toilet here. This is what, what the issue is here. This part needs replacing, you know, so I'm going to replace it now. Next video, look, this is all done. And we're saying video, this is short reels and, and stuff like that on, on social media. It could be put on website. It could be repurposed wherever it is. This is the outcome. It's done. You're going to trust Michael and Michelle now, right? Because yeah. they're showing you all the stuff they're doing. No one's going to watch this video and go, oh, I know what to do now. You know, Mrs. Jones is not going to turn around and say, I'm not phoning those plumbers because, you know, I can now do it myself because they've showed the video. They don't know the magic part in between. Yeah. They don't know, you know, they know what the problem is. They know that it needs replacing or whatever. They then see that it's been replaced, but they don't know the, the part in the middle. They don't know the bit that you did. All they know yeah. is that you're going to replace whatever it is. And that, that stuff there, that whole kind of documenting, that showcasing, becoming that kind of influencer within your space, I think that that's going to be big, you know? And, and I think some people will be a little bit put off with that with the kind of video and stuff. It doesn't always have to be you. 
So it could be your team, but it could also be you recording your screen. You know, you could record your screen when you're building a website or changing, you know, certain things within a, in a site or creating, you know, different content and stuff like that. I guess that's sort of happening at the moment on a lot of YouTube video, isn't it? But we're just going to see more of the same thing. Yeah, I think I think, I think YouTube is such a great example that it's been they people have been doing this kind of thing for years, right? There's like there, there was this eight year old. I know how old he is now, right? But I remember a few years ago, this it's an eight-year-old who was re- reviewing toys, right? And because the video's got so many views and that, they run ads and everything, and they got different deals. He's now a millionaire, an eight-year-old, right? It's like, but the whole point here is that you will see people that are watching videos. Like, how how crazy is it that we will watch people open up a box of something? So someone might get a new iPhone or something like that, and they open up the box, and you know they're taking it out. This is what I get in the box. This is what I get in the box. People are interested. Like, why? Because maybe they're going to be making that buying decision. You know, if we take the whole kind of Twitch world, you know, I don't know, it's maybe over your head, maybe, but with Twitch, I mean, people are streaming themselves playing video games and people are watching them play the video game. And people are making mega money from that, right? And it's like, for some people, that's just mind blowing. That's like, what's going on? But the whole point is, like, that's where the attention is. That's where the entertainment is. Yeah. You know, and for someone as well, I mean, I, I, there's a mate of mine who he's into cars and, and stuff like that. And um, he was replacing something in his car. And I remember we were talking ages ago and we were talking about him setting up a YouTube channel. And like, he, he's done this, you know, he set up, he's, he's videoed himself rep- replacing something within the engine of his car and he stuck up on YouTube and he's got hundreds of views. Right? And it's like, he hasn't done anything to promote it or anything like that. But people are watching that who maybe they have the same car. You know, maybe they're just educating themselves in case something does happen. Maybe they're educating themselves because they're an aspiring mechanic or, or something like that. You know, so they're interested. So whatever those people, people's interests are, they're checking stuff out like this, you know, and they're seeing whatever's going on. And I mean, look at it from, from this way as well. I mean, not so much kind of like the, the video documents inside. It can be documenting it in a different way. If you take our podcast, for example, like we started our podcast six months ago. It's now been listened to in 20 countries. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. how, how crazy is that, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. there, there are people in different countries that listen to us, yeah. you know, and, and tune in each week and stuff like that to, to listen to our or watch our podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the whole point here is that because we could be bothered to do it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. God, we've got me going off on one, man. <laughs> What's happening? It's making that effort, isn't it, to, to get involved with it? Everything comes back to that effort, you know. I think the, the best way to kind of sum it up is that, look, you have to you have to want to want it. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't want it, then you're not going to do it. And if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And someone else will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's really good. Fantastic. So um, this is um, the, the next set of questions. So... Again, it's three of them. Um, areas that may, you know, maybes that could happen in 2022 when it comes to marketing. Things that, you know, possible, this this could happen. Keep your eye out for them. Things like um, like LinkedIn, for example. Right? If, we, if we take something like LinkedIn, we take that as a platform. That platform has changed a lot over the last 18 months. So we said about that you need to control your audience, you need to own your audience, but 
we still need to get involved with these kind of different platforms. We need to take advantage of them. And we see like kind of TikTok evolving over the past kind of year. We see Clubhouse maybe, you know, falling away and stuff like that. LinkedIn, you know, we mentioned this in a podcast episode that everyone is seeing their reach kind of pulled back on LinkedIn. You know, the same as we did a while back with Facebook and they kind of say, look, you have to pay to play now and stuff like that. I think with LinkedIn, the kind of whispers that I'm hearing is that they're they're allocating more kind of funds and resources to what they call their creators. You know, so anyone who has a like a, a LinkedIn profile now can switch their profile to creator. Yeah, so I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. So people can follow them rather than connect with them and stuff like that. But the whole point here is that you have to start putting, you know, decent content out, right? So LinkedIn have kind of changed their way where they've got this this big kind of war chest to allocate to creators so i don't know how they're going to to really do that if they're going to come up with a kind of pay model where they maybe will you know pay people for more kind of content that they put out and you know decent content or how they kind of keep people but the whole whole kind of reason i'm i'm saying about this is it's going to put a squeeze on the people who aren't doing it so if you're seeing your reach is really rubbish right now and you're not going to take kind of moves to create decent content and connect with people and build those relationships. And you're just going to continue doing what you're doing. You're going to be left behind on LinkedIn. Okay. That's interesting. I still, I have seen that. I have seen that. So yeah, that's very interesting. Okay. So I think it comes back again to that kind of authority side, that entertainment side, that attention, that people have to be interested in, in what you're doing or what you're talking about. They're not just going to, you know, just because you you go on there and you say, I'm the best trainer at this by my stuff. We're, we're past that. We've been past that for years. You know, there's still be, yeah, maybe yeah. a bit of it that it works, but we're, we're past that. What people are more interested in now is that, okay, look, this person is an expert in this and they're sharing this kind of content. This is helping me take that next step. Coming back to that fractional content kind of thing. This is part of it, right? This is the steps to get to that. Right. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, and second area? Um, I think I think we will see a lot more AI taking over. And what I mean by this is, is I think we will start to see the, the, the middleman, the, the middle person, the, the person who controls the, the middle slipping away. And to give an example of this, if you take Facebook ads right now, is that anyone can go and run Facebook ads. Right? You go in, you pick your budget, you pick what you want to do, and you can run ads. Chances are they're not going to work for you. They're, you know, they're going to be quite rubbish. So you will go to someone who is a Facebook ads expert. Right? That Facebook ads expert, what they will do is they will basically create different kind of ad sets and they will run ads in different ways and all this kind of stuff. And, and you, you know, you'll, you'll get you know, some, some decent results from it and stuff like that. This has been happening for however long. Facebook has been learning all of this stuff, right? So Facebook have been learning who responds to what and how people interact and all this kind of stuff. So Facebook have had this option for a little while now when you run ads, is that you just tell them how much you want to spend and what you kind of want to get out of it and you let them go and do the rest. And that will take over a lot more moving forward. So I feel like we... Maybe it may not be, it may not happen within 2022, but within the next couple of years, those people who are Facebook ad people 
their job will be they they will be made redundant. Mm-hmm. They won't have a need for them anymore. And I'm talking just about Facebook, I'd say, but I think there will be other areas within the whole kind of marketing services that you will see that as well. People will get made redundant from their job because computers will take over. Yeah. Computers can do the job. Like that whole kind of thing of why would you pay someone if you had if you had a thousand pounds to spend on ads this month, why would you pay someone five hundred pounds to set it up when you can pay the whole thousand pounds to Facebook? And they have more data, more solutions and all this kind of stuff that they can start running it and learn from it to then make things happen better and, and adjust it automatically as you kind of run along. You know, so that's that that, that there is, I'm using Facebook as an example, but I'm, I'm trying to think of an, another kind of example here to, in a different kind of way. Well, um, interest, interestingly enough, I have seen ads on Facebook about using AI for copywriting. There we go, yeah. Now, for me, that seems really, really odd because for me, there's a massive part of copywriting that um, where you have to convey emotions, yeah. you know, people buy with feelings. And and it, a lot of, okay, there's there's different, co- in my industry, in well, my industry, in that industry of copywriters, you have people who write perfect, perfectly, wonderfully, grammatically correct copy and you read it and you think but it's just no emotion there's no feeling there you've got no and i can see ai being able to do that without any issue at all but i must confess i i I pride myself on writing copy that is really quite emotional and really gets into the feelings of how and the psychology of buying now in my first my first reaction was when i saw that it was i can't see that working but yeah, AI is learning all the time. So especially on the psychology of buying, I'm sure that AI can start thinking about that. So it's, it's interesting because I've seen that in, in, in an industry where I never thought AI could, could, make, could make any kind of inroads. But, you know. Yeah, I, you brought that up, actually, because that, that there make, makes so much sense. And, and that, get, that allows me to evolve on, on you know, what, what I'm saying here, get to add to it, because... That's exactly right. Look, all, all these kind of technologies have come about with AI. So if you take copywriting, if you go back three, four years ago, there were a lot of tools available, which were article spinners, right? Mm-hmm. So you would put, you would basically put an article in and they would create a new article from that article. Yeah. Yeah. Put out on, on your blog and so And that's what, you know, not, not, not saying everyone in, in the whole kind of book, but that's where, if you went onto Fiverr and stuff like that, and you ask people to write blogs for you for for five dollars, that's what you would get. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, you would get that kind of stuff. With the AI tools now, is you know they would ask you like say five questions, right? So you would put in your answers, and then they would build out an, an, a big kind of you know article, blog post, or you know sales page or whatever it is from that. And it's all good stuff. But like you said, there is that there's parts missing. So that kind of emotion thing, or even even kind of emphasizing a, a certain point within there, you know, yeah. they can't do that. Yeah. And yes. Okay. This is the same with the whole kind of Facebook ads thing. Right. Is that there will still need to be a bit of tweaking. There will still need to be a bit of direction going on. So when I'm saying about the whole kind of middlemen kind of thing being made redundant, maybe it's, it's more about kind of an 80, 20 kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. What okay. we will see. And I think this is probably the best way to kind of sum it up here is that, what we will see is a lot of the rubbish being removed from the market. So the people who are just like saying, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. You know, th- this is what I do. And there's n- no real substance from it. 
they will disappear. And the ones who are really good, maybe they can even charge a premium then, you know, but they're really good at actually delivering that result because now the technology is there to support them, make things again faster, talked about speed, you know, and making that process shorter, yeah, yeah. you know, or, you know, moving stuff in, in a different direction. Yeah, that's good. I mean, speed, absolutely speed is going to be there because, um, yeah, there's an awful lot of writing that, as you say, is, is I hate, you know, I hate you. I hate, I'm not trying to denigrate anybody else's writing, but there's kind of standard writing, which I can see AI replacing. But like you said, three times faster than someone can write it. Because and, and this, know, this is, this is it, isn't it? So, like you said, look, you're, you're not saying anything against anyone. However, it's like, look, is is the job that you are actually doing inferior to what a computer system could do? If yeah. it is, you're in trouble. You're like in that's, trouble, That's yeah. the market we are. I think you're right. Yeah, you have to think about that. And, and yeah. do you know what? Uh, my, my third thing right, was, was going to be around kind of freelancers, but I'm actually going to flip that around now and actually talk about agencies because I actually feel like the we're talking about marketing agencies here. And yeah, as yeah. The, the kind of focus like i feel like marketing agencies days are numbered i feel like we we will start seeing agencies pivot uh, and move away because there isn't a need for them they are, they are the middle people in in most scenarios there are some agencies out there that obviously you know control everything and, and deal with everything throughout but if we take an, an agency as the typical model is you may see someone who say they they will provide a website for £1,500 here in the UK, right? They will take your £1,500, they will pay an outsourcer, a freelancer, £500 to do it. They pocket £1,000. The market's become savvy now, right? We know we have access. We we know people who can provide the actual service. We don't need a a person to go in between. We can go straight to source and we can pay £500. Yeah. rather than paying 1500 And uh, I think the market has, has woken up to that. And we mentioned about buying habits and people you know, having more consideration. So why are they going to go, okay, I'll pay the 1500 when I could pay the 500 here and get the exact same result? Now, if it's a different result, it's a different story, but the exact same result. And in most cases with, with agencies, look, that's what you're getting. Yeah. You know, if we take a website, for example, people are going to build in WordPress, no matter how they kind of turn around and say, oh, we, we don't use templates or we do this. We, we, you know, we do everything. So does everyone else. You know, it's like that, that's the true story. Look, so does everyone else. What, you know, I, I can remember being in, in a networking room where it, that exact same scenario was happening. Someone was offering a website for 1500 pounds. Someone was offering a website for 500 pounds. They use the same software. <laughs> they, they give you the, the, the same, the same components as used. Now, whether someone has more skill or someone is more likable or someone is more um someone has more intelligence within your field that they can do certain things then okay fine maybe you pay a bit of a premium to have that but if not if you just want the same outcome you're going to do it i can remember the, the person doing the 1500 pound one was coming out with all these stories about oh yeah we, we don't do this and we do that and we make sure all this kind of stuff i know that they were trying to recruit the other person <laughs> as being their their outsourcer so it's like, you know, all they were looking to do is take the 1500 pound off and pay the person 500 pounds. So they both win. Wow. And it's like, you know, this is like one of them only fools and horses stories from many years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is that, that, that's all they're trying to do. But I think with that, I think what we will see a lot of them is talking about freelancers. 
is I think what we would do is, is we will see the freelancers who maybe they were working somewhere else, you know, or maybe they are working somewhere else. They want a bit of a side hustle or they want to set up their own thing. They will be the freelancer and they're happy, you know, so a company will go to a freelancer direct and just be like, yeah, we want you to write some, some content for us. We want you to create some graphics for us. We want you to edit our website for us, whatever it is. It's good direct to that person. With someone who has a certain skill within marketing, they will look to join up and have the full solution. So not an agency, but they will provide the solution to someone. So they won't say, so if you went to an agency and you say, look, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, some help with, with marketing, the agency will be like, well, we offer websites, we offer this, we offer that. What would you like? You know, and it's like a kind of buffet thing. You kind of pick yeah, up, what you, want, yeah. but you don't necessarily know what you want, right? Whereas a, a media company, right? And this is what we will see people move more towards. So maybe someone like, say, a video company, right? They will shift into more of a media company. And what that kind of means there is that media is that they are going to work out what video you need for whatever kind of solution it is you're looking for. They will create the video. And then that after part as well, in regards to promotion and marketing and conversions and all this kind of stuff, will be taken care of all within a package from this company. So instead of being an agency and saying, we can do this, this, that, and that, and do you know what? We're going to, we, we offer these things because that's what we can do. That's what we can, that's what we know we're good at. These are the prices we charge. Not necessarily this will be best for you, but it's like, this is what we offer. So you're yeah. getting a kind of a number, you're getting a like a biased kind of view from an agency. Whereas from a, a media company who are offering a package, you can go to them and have that whole package in one, right? And a freelancer who will do what you ask them to provide. There's no need for that that kind of middleman. I know I'm going a bit kind of left field on that, but I think that's where we will see things shifting. Yeah. And I think that's been on the cards for a little while now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get, I get that. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, uh, okay. So now we're going to move on to a, a, a different thing again. What um, what five, what three areas do we need to be mindful of when we're creating marketing strategy for 2022? I think if we're looking at kind of mindful, I think we, we always have to be looking at, at the outcome. We have to be looking at the goal. And we have to make sure that our strategy is mapped towards that goal. And then that way we're not dealing with any kind of shiny object syndrome or anything like that. Anything that is like, okay, you need to jump over here and do this. So for instance, like, you know, Clubhouse came about, you know, if you wanted to dip your toe into Clubhouse, great. But if you switched off of your strategy, off of your direction of your goal and you moved into that because you thought it was a, a gold rush, a quick win, you're not going to, you know, sort of be, be able to do that. Um, yeah, I think just, you know, that sums up as number one. I think that it's okay. about having that direction, having that goal. Is I think if we're looking at kind of marketing strategy, you need to have that moving forward. Okay. Uh, yeah, fine. And, and, then, okay. and then the second, okay. the second one, which is, it may sound as if I'm, contradict the number one <laughs> but you have to be prepared to adapt right and what, what, we're, what we're not saying there is that you plan out to change you know or you know if you see something like 
like a gold rush that you jump onto it, but you look to take advantage of it. You know, so you, you are prepared to to adapt. And you know, I, I did something recently where um, I put a post on it. It said about you need plan B skills, right? And what we're talking about here is that we're talking. About, I was talking a bit about the the military. I uh, said so there's this story from from um, this military uh, elite person. I can't think if it was Navy SEALs or or SAS. And they said about look, strategy is important. They said they spend a lot of time on strategy. So they go through the whole kind of mission. Look, this is this is our end goal. This is what we need to achieve. This is anything that can pop up or or anything like that. This is how we can overcome it. That's the strategy. You know, if all goes to plan, we complete our mission. But when they get there, the strategy goes out the window as soon as the first bullet starts to fly, right? Because there's some things that you can't plan for, some things that you may have misjudged, and maybe things that happened. But what you're not doing, you don't go, now we move to plan B, right? Because look, there is no plan B. You haven't created a plan B, but you have plan B skills. So that when plan B happens, right, you are confident, you are comfortable that you can still navigate that road. You can still complete your mission because you're backed up with those skills. And that comes back to those kind of three C's that we talk about, about clarity, confidence, and courage. It's that, look, once you know the direction you're going in, once you know how what you're looking to achieve and how you can help someone achieve it, you have those things. So no matter what happens, you get to stick on that road moving towards your goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's a yeah, great example. Um, and the third area? I think the third area, I'm going to have to say in in kind of two ways. I think the first way is to back yourself. Right? I think you, you have to have that that kind of confidence within yourself. Like you have to be going out there to say, look, I am who I am. This is this is what I do, you know. And the, the other way I was going to kind of sum that up is, is I was going to say start punching. Right? And what I mean by that is like, look, you, you have to be in in the fight. Like you, you have to you have to let people know that you can help them. I think a lot of people within business and, you know, I've been in this situation as well myself is that we kind of sit back and we kind of, we, you know, you're good at what you do. You know, you're good at what you do, you know, and you can tell people you're good at what you do, but if you're not out there shouting about it, someone else is. And there's that, that kind of, um, that kind of saying that the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know? So it's like, you know, it, it's sometimes the people out there who were shouting, are the ones being heard and you sitting back and, and not showcasing everything you do, you can put this out there. And there's, there's a guy, there's a guy I know, Matt Ruddle, right? He's in the kind of marketing space. And he, he sent me a message the, the other month and he just said, I love all the stuff you're putting out. It's about time. He said, you're like the world's best kept secret in marketing. <laughs> you know? And I was just like, you know, and that's coming from someone in the space as well. Right. You know, and it's like, it's good to get those kind of messages, but it's like, he's saying that he knows what I can I can do and he knows my knowledge and stuff like that but no one else like maybe in you know going to LinkedIn and stuff like that and there's thousands of marketers mm. you know but in the, some level of, of them are, are you know on their each day and they're chatting and you know they're putting more stuff out saying I can do this I can do that people are going to start to believe them more than you know yeah. they, they believe yeah, me yeah. when they don't see me and stuff like that yeah you know, so I think that that whole thing now I think we have to make sure that we're putting that out there and and so, uh, and how would you suggest? Is that done by just having 
putting content out more and more regularly or having content that um, is slightly different to others? So there's, there's this whole kind of thing within in marketing, right, where I think you're, I think you get marketers are, are in two camps and it depends which kind of camp you want to go into. The way I see it is let, let's go with both, right? And I've kind of heard it this way where they said, look, you want to do machine gun marketing, right? And what they mean by that is like, they basically just say you were in a scene of The Walking Dead, right? You've got all these kind of zombies, right? Do you want, you know, a, a sniper kind of shot, you know, or do you want a machine gun that you could just blast all of them, right? And it's like, well, you would want a machine gun, right? Because you wouldn't want to be able to, you would want to blast all of them. Yeah. Right. But if you were, if, if you wanted to take a shot, right, and you wanted to hit one person, right, and you wanted to be really kind of precise within that, you'd want to be a sniper, right? You'd want, want that kind of sniper shot. So it's like, let's be both. Let's do the machine gun approach where we let people know this is who we are, this is what we do. Our doors are open, the same as a shop opening up each day. That kind of omnipresence kind of thing. This is what we do. The sniper stuff, well, look, let's start talking to people for that kind of fractional content side, people who may yeah. be interested to take the next step. You know, we look to extract them. We look to get them into our, our own audience. That's what we do with the sniper stuff. So I think look at your social media as you've got a shop that you open up each day. If you don't open up your shop, people are just going to walk on by. Mm. Right? But when you open up your shop, people can see that you're in business. They can come in if they want to, they can find out more information, but then you have the other part where it's like, this is what we offer. Come here if you want it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I get. In fact, I know someone. Just thinking about what you said there, I know a coach who's doing exactly that. Um, lots and lots of generic posts, uh, and then every now and then there's a post about kind of well, yeah, almost fractional content. This is a way as well where we we've kind of changed marketing's changed the, the whole kind of um, attention kind of world has changed within the past kind of four years is that there used to be this whole kind of thing where it's like, look, you have to niche, you have to talk to, you know, that section of, of your market. But the whole thing is, is that we've got to a stage now where if we're scrolling through social media or whatever it is, and we see a post from something, from someone or, or a company, and it talks about something that we're not particularly interested in, we just scroll on by, right? We don't look at that and go, oh, that company deals with that. I don't like that company now. We just scroll on through right but when we see something that is of interest to us we'll stop we'll look at it we'll, we'll check it out maybe we'll, we'll take the next step and go and see something else that they're doing yeah yeah that could be the same company you know it's like you walk into costa right yeah. if you're like me I, I just get a black coffee <laughs> but you can get a, a caramel extra shot macchiato <laughs> latte I'm making it up now right but yeah and, and they got they got tea and they got hot chocolate Right, so there's, there's a, a mixture of stuff. So, so they cater for a whole bunch of customers, right? You don't get someone go, I don't like coffee, right? So I'm not going to go with my friends into Costa and have a hot chocolate. But you, the whole kind of premise there is that you, you used to be taught that, you know, if you put stuff out and you're talking to a different audience, well, you know, you're never going to be heard. And it's like, those people won't switch on at that point, but they'll switch on when it interests them. And this is that if you've got a really good product, for example, or a service, and you cater to a whole different range of businesses, right, like different sectors, well, your product remains the same. 
But you could put something out saying, hey, accountant, have you thought about employee benefits? You know, hey, um, plumbing company, have you thought about employee benefits? You know, this is how we helped someone in the, the dental space with employee benefits. This is how we helped someone in the finance space with employee benefits. It's like your product doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. But your messaging to the ones outside can be that. That's your sniper kind of way. Yeah. But your generic one is, yeah, we do employee benefits. We help people get this. We help people get that outcome. That's your generic stuff opening up your shop each day. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. Wow. Massive amount of content there. So here's the final thing then. After all that, after all that that people can watch and we've talked about, I made masses of notes. What's the one thing that we should be focusing on overall? The, if you're looking at everything you had here, what's the one thing that is is would be the as I say that 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 top thing to focus on? For me, moving into 2022. Marketing is summed up in, in one, one area. That's video. All right. V- video, video, video. If I had to say, look, concentrate on one thing in marketing for 2022, I would say video. And that there is across all platforms, you know, whether it's your, your website, whether it's video hosting platforms, whether it's social media, whether it's just like content that you're delivering straight to a person, video is always going to win. And there's a, a few reasons for that. For one, that you can get on video. Two, you can explain stuff on video, but by talking, you can showcase stuff on video and show things how, how they, you can show how things work and, and stuff like that. But also that video gives you so many options in creating more content. Mm. Because if you take a video, well, do you know what? You can break it up into 20 videos. Yeah. Right. You can take the, the script from that. You've got a blog post, basically. You know, you've got 17 different social media posts as well, all from yeah. one video. And there's there's a few different ways how you can do that, of course, you know. But I think video there, I think we're seeing lots of we're seeing lots of platforms shift towards video. Yeah. So it makes Definitely. sense to kind of play play into the whole kind of video realm a lot more. And I think it is well, like there's I mentioned that years ago, I always used to do predictions and I, I would always chuck like a few random ones in there. You know? So I mean, I can remember as well, like random ones I used to say about um, Facebook could move towards a, a dating app. Right. And it's like the, the every year they started trying to do something within Facebook where it was that where they were trying to connect people and stuff like that. Um, but with, at that time it didn't happen within that year. Um, I'm still, I'm still on this. Right. Well, I said that I feel like Amazon will come out with some kind of social media platform. Well, and and, and my my thinking at the time is is that they would have done some they they would have done something with Twitter, mm-hmm. but that that didn't happen and, and stuff like that. But I feel like they will enter that kind of space with with social media because yeah. they they control so much, right? Where they got all the kind of shopping stuff, you know, they've they got have- all the kind of web infrastructure as well they've now got prime with all the kind of shows and all that kind of stuff on they're huge audience you know they're keeping people within that kind of bubble you know if you add a social element to that as well 
you know. It could even rival a Donald Trump social media presence, couldn't it? Well, this is, I, know, I don't know what even happened with that in the end, you know, but <laughs> there was all talk about it, but I didn't see anything that happened. But um, the, the reason I'm saying about that, the, the kind of random ones, um, is, is this is obviously outside of those predictions that, that, that we kind of said, but we're talking about video. Now, video, it, it, I think there's, there's something that's going to happen with video on all these platforms, right? Because you had you had um, stories come around, right? Yeah. So, like, you had Snapchat was was really big because they had the whole kind of stories thing, right? Facebook just went, we're having that. You know, yeah. you, you, we're going to offer you all this money. You don't want it. Well, we're just going to steal it. Yeah. So, you know, we just set it up. But in Facebook and, and Instagram, you've got stories, right? It didn't work on LinkedIn, you yeah. know, but you've got stories there. And then TikTok came around and they're massive and everything like that. You know, Facebook started, I mean, the thing is as well, if you take TikTok two years ago, Facebook created another platform that they just used in countries that, that TikTok wasn't in to test it. And now they've moved it into Facebook and Instagram where you can do reels and you can do different things. And you can even share yeah. TikTok st uh, stuff across and stuff like that. Yeah. But the shift has been made that way. So we kind of went, okay, look, you can post a video, but now you can post a story and YouTube have shorts as sure, well. I don't yeah. know how, how long they're going to stay around. I'm not too sure on that. Mm. Um, but you also, you, you then get obviously, so you had the stories and shorts and stuff like that. You didn't have reels. Yeah. So reels have kind of become the big thing. And like I said, you see people on kind of TikTok now, the, the, age, the age range has increased. People are doing more kind of sensible talking. <laughs> And stuff like that on there rather than just kind of silly stuff right but you you're starting to see reels last longer yeah okay so so where we, where we had stories and it was like 10 seconds and 30 seconds and we had reels and they were like 30 seconds and 60 seconds and now they're like longer i think you can do that three minute reels on certain platforms now and stuff like that will we see all of that just kind of come into a new name into a new way of doing things so instead of stories, instead of reels, it's just like, you know, this is what it is, is mixed content. You know, whether it's me on, on camera for 10 seconds, whether it's me on camera for 10 minutes, you know, it's, it's something else like that. There's, there's something within video. And that's why my number one overall pick was video. Yeah. Because I feel like something's happening within yeah. those platforms and those platforms are where all the attention is. It's it's interesting because YouTube also have a new does YouTube have a thing called Shorts or something? Similar? Yeah, so YouTube have have Shorts and it kind of came around. I don't know how successful it's been, but I kind of feel like with with YouTube is I feel like people go to YouTube because they want to learn something or they want to um, educate themselves quickly on something that's going on or see something rather than the Shorts being yeah yeah an insight yeah. into someone's life and stuff like that. Whereas on the social media, I think that's what you get. Yeah. And, and yeah, Amazon, Amazon could be the place because there's it's such a massive company with such a huge database of people, and they'll know that they have such uh, analysis of what people want as well. Very very similar to Facebook, they're well, going to know seen, what buying habits. As, as soon as well, I mean, we're kind of recapping a few things here. We're talking about Facebook ads, I and mean, we've seen a big change within Facebook ads th this year. You know, we didn't actually mention this on the um, the podcast when we were looking back at some of the stuff, but when they did the whole kind of thing of stopping the whole kind of cookie tracking kind of system for our Apple phones, right? That's a big thing, right? Yeah, um, well, Apple and yeah, Facebook and Apple kind of, you know, having the, the row between us, Apple stopping it, sorry. Um, and they're basically saying, look, you know, if we're not making any money, 
right? Then, you know, what? Why would we let you do that? You know, so someone set an ad up on on Facebook, and you know, you click on the ad, and you go through to a website. You then get cookied because it's on like the, the Apple phone or whatever, and then Facebook run more ads. Well, Apple are just like, well, look, if you're not paying us a, a commission on this, then you know, see you later. Yeah, yeah. And you see Apple kind of doing their own kind of ads and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, why was the reason I, w- I was talking about that? Um, is is with Amazon, like you said, they, they have all the buying habits from the person. So they will know what they've been looking at, what they've been shopping. Oh, yeah. So for them to tailor ads to someone can be really direct. Absolutely. You know, if you can get to that point where you can say, look, do you know what? You bought, you purchased um, this protein powder a month ago, you know, or, you know, 20 four days ago it means that you should be out in five days do you want us to send a replacement just click here yeah you start getting that ad you know whilst you're in a feed where you're going through because all your friends are there and stuff like that as well that kind of stuff you know is you know it's there already it's It's there already from from amazon in that way it just does doesn't take much imagination for them to to tweak it and, and um jeff bezos can then start really trying to colonize mars then can't he but I mean, that, that's the way it's all going, isn't it? You know, I think as well, mate, if, if I was going to chuck some more kind of random ones in just to, for a bit of fun, we, we kind of mentioned um, we mentioned Clubhouse, didn't we, about how it kind of came about and where it goes now. I actually feel like it's just going to disappear. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel like Twitter will basically replace it. Okay. I've been saying for a long time that Twitter needs to do something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong. I mean, look, if you're in kind of the PR world or even sports or kind of news and journalists and stuff like that, it's still a really good platform, right? It still gets used. But if you're not on there all the time, it's, it's not good for your business. You know, you, you're not, you're never going to get anything from it from business. But they did add the audio rooms in there. And audio rooms are basically just what Clubhouse is, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like if, if, they, if they add that where it becomes a bit trendy, where it's like, you know, use Twitter and you've got these audio rooms and all this kind of stuff. There's no need for Clubhouse. No, that's true. You know, and there are, and with Clubhouse as well, I mean, there are, there are about six, seven other kind of platforms that are similar that I can think of that are just sat there ready to take over anyway. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah. So there's lots of things that could be happening in 2022. So uh, yeah, watch watch this space. Watch this space. Well, I don't, I don't even know how long that uh, this long time hasn't it. This special was, <laughs> but that's some fantastic information there that's come out. That I've made copious amounts of notes, and uh, it's interesting. On the whole, the one thing to focus on is is video. So um, I don't have anything more to add, really. Um, I think it's been. I think, a- been, I think as well, mate. What what I think with all this is like when we do we're going to do this recording again in december 2022 right so we're going to do first of all we do a review and we'll see yeah. what what was right what wasn't right yeah and then we'll do the predictions for 2023 yeah don't yeah. say 2023 i don't know, I, know. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean more more about that is like i'm happy to put myself on the line you know and just yeah. say like this stuff that i've, I've spoke about within here like Every, I think everything I've kind of mentioned there will be moves towards that. Maybe not yeah. Amazon. Well, we'll do that. We'll do that. That's that's a challenge. We'll do that. We'll see where 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 it was actually the 
the forecast came true. Brilliant. Well, what can I say? I hope the people who've been watching this or people who will watch the recording of this will be able to take masses away from it because there's some fantastic areas uh, and nuggets there. So all I can say is thank you very much, Jamie, for all your uh, knowledge. Um, and any last words? Don't think there are really, are there? I, I just think, look, if, if you don't know where you're going, how can you get there? Well, right, so, so plan it out, no matter what. It, all, yeah. all the kind of platforms are tools. The tools help your tactics. The tactics yep. support your strategy. Yep. Your strategy is around coming back to you, Mark, your life goals. Absolutely right. right. So it's like that you need it all in place and, you know, shameless plug, if you need some help with that, strategy and conversions, right? Absolutely. That's the place to go. Strategy and strategyandconversions.com. That's the one. We'll leave it there, Mark. It's always been a pleasure. Indeed it has. And thank you for all your wisdom and knowledge. That's it. And yeah, check out the yeah. podcast, check out all the other episodes and we'll see you then. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching. See you then.